Brian Powell of I Run Far here with Caitlin Gerben after her win at the 2020 Trans Grand Canaria. How are you? I'm, I'm good. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, a little tired, a little sore. <laughs> a little tired, but well rested after. Yes, I did get a good night of sleep last night. Very good. Uh, it seemed like a hard race from the beginning or a challenging race. Were you kind of pushing early? Yeah, um, I, I was, and I knew that part of it was that um, Asara and uh, – I forget her name. Who else was that? Ah, wait, can we start this over? <laughs> the, the Chinese girl. Oh. I can't pronounce her name. Yeah, yeah Fuzhou Xiang. Fuzhou, okay. Yeah. So Fuzhou and Asara were – and actually, Audrey um, were setting the. I thought Audrey was up ahead. Yeah, they were. You yeah. were kind of all four anyway, of you were more or less. They they set a pretty killer pace from the beginning, yeah. and I decided to hang a little bit behind them so I could just kind of keep them within reach. But I also was a little bit worried that maybe like, okay, this is definitely going out faster than I normally would start a race. Yeah. Um, but I think it paid off because it helped to know that then I was only kind of a few minutes behind them at all the first few checkpoints. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a better position for me to be in than being kind of 20 minutes back to make a move on that later. Even if that might be more physically comfortable, like yeah. mentally it was assuring to know that you were yeah, and I also, I, I was still kind of checking in with myself and knowing, like, I, st- I feel like this is a little bit fast, but one of my goals was to make sure I was kind of comfortably uncomfortable yeah. because sometimes I get too comfortable. And um, so I was just making sure, like, I wasn't going to blow up, but that I felt like I was like, okay, like, it's a little painful, but I can do this. And it wasn't stressful to be sort of in contact, but not with them? No, 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 no. because I, at that point, I, I kind of had splits of what I was hoping to run for some of the major checkpoints. Um, and I was right around those splits. And yeah. so I figured if they're up ahead of that, like it's too early for me to, to move And you knew you weren't early. being unreasonable with your own kind of estimates of time. No, I mean, it's always like, I like to, I like to try to make a race plan and, and race the course and race a time um, while also keeping an eye on the competition. And that's easier earlier are. in the race as yeah. well. Like, yeah, it is. And it's also, it's such a long race and there's so many like different sections of it, how the first, the first 30 miles really, the first 50 K is, um, you're running through a lot of towns. So there's a lot more like a mix of technical stuff, but there's a lot more runnable stuff okay. that I know like it's, you know, some people have an easier time pushing really hard on that stuff, but that doesn't mean that they're going to be able to do the same thing when it gets to the really big climbs in the middle of the course, which is which what, that's what, that's what the part I was really looking yeah. forward to. Um, and then still again, then, you know, you can be doing really well in those big climbs and then suddenly you get to a really hot 50 K with mostly descending with also some punchy climbs in the end. So it's just like, there's kind of three really distinct mm-hmm. portions of this course. So, and that middle one is yours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, yes. Yeah. That was that was that was my jam. <laughs> when did you? Uh, I assume you cut maybe Audrey first of those three. So heavy? I or- I came into um, I think I came into Art Nara ahead of Audrey, yeah. and but I actually didn't see her. So I I I kind of had no idea what happened to my uh, friend Sam, who was crewing me, said like, "Oh no, there's only one person ahead of you now." I was like. Really? Like, I don't, I never saw any, so I don't, I almost didn't believe it. I was like, I'm going to just pretend that there's still two people mm-hmm. ahead of me. Um, and then at that point, I knew it was just Asara ahead of me after, uh, like, when I came into Tejada yeah. and stuff. And so then I knew I was only a couple minutes behind her kind of in the last while and actually didn't get a glimpse of her until we get up to Roque Nublo. And, I, like, it was right at the point where there's an out and back 
section and yeah. she's just a few switchbacks that you go up right before you get to the out and back and she glanced back and she saw that I was there and I was actually like trying to figure out like I don't know if I want her to know that I'm right here yeah. yet <laughs> because at that point like I hadn't seen her I knew she was somewhere close I didn't know if she knew I was as close yeah. as I was um, but I felt like I was like a little bit of an awkward distance away from her at that point where like she thought she might finish the full out and back and go on before I even got up to that point. So I'm like, in that case, it's almost better for her to not know that I'm right here. Um, but it, anyways, it, that's, that's just how it goes. So um, then I ended up uh, catching her after the out and back, and we actually ran together for a little while. Did you? So, so and at that point, I mean, you're, you know, 80, 90 kilometers yep. into the race. Do you say anything to one another? Oh, yeah. or no, we were, we, no, we were, we were, we were chatting, um, and it was kind of like a, I, we, I didn't know her before, so it's not like we can say that we have, like, a friendship, yeah. but I think we formed a friendship a little bit yeah. on, on the trail. Um, when I caught, you know, we, we passed each other and kind of gave encouraging glances at the out and back, and then um, as I caught her on the downhill then, she stepped aside to let me pass, and I'm kind of like, oh, no, vamos, vamos, <laughs> let's go. And uh, so then we ran together into Gagnerone Aid Station, and actually I think we – I was hoping that we would be able to run together for a yeah. while after that. I think she was too. Um but then we ended up getting into the aid station right as the marathon distance was starting. Oh. And so we hear all this noise and commotion. And we're like, oh, wow, this is really an exciting aid station. Mm -hmm. And then we get up there and we see thousands, like thousands of marathon distance runners leaving the starting corral right as we're getting up there. And so we ended up losing each other. Um, and it was kind of just mass chaos after that. She said you were better at the chaos than she was. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh maybe, I guess. I, I Well... You just had to pass me. Yeah. I mean, it was it was a the start of a yeah. of a race, and now was at the back of it, and so we had we both had to pass everyone. So and it was tight trail and super tight and technical, and it was a climb there, and so it's it's not like last year I had caught people in the shorter distance races, but everyone was a little bit more spaced mm -hmm. out, so it's a lot easier to to pass. And also, I think they know they're more aware of another race distance that yeah. people are catching them from behind. And this time, because the race just started, everyone was bunched up. It was just kind of a cattle path going up. And people didn't know that you were in another No, no. Um, but luckily, there were a few runners in the shorter distance that would see me coming when I would say, like, yeah. just ask to pass. And every once in a while, someone would be like, oh, she's in long distance. So then they would start, like, shouting up ahead to people like, That's hey, like, you know, lady coming in the longer distance with the pass. Um, so if, so they, that didn't, was really if they didn't know, they didn't know. But if somebody knew, like, people were being yeah. Yeah, no, super. People were super kind about it. Um, and I definitely felt... It feels kind of, I don't know. It's, it's a weird feeling asking people to step out of your but way you were, to pass. Apparently but. you were more assertive in that kind of made a separation in the so race. She she did, when I finally did catch her, because she left that aid station before me, she had crew to help her there. Okay. And so I, I had to go in and find a drop bag and there's kind of a, a little bit of chaos there. But um, so she left and I actually thought at that point, like, oh crap, like my, my I, I might have just lost this race now because she, I didn't know where she had, like how far ahead of me she was okay. at that point, but I, you know, worked to catch her and then she set off ahead of me and now we're in this like chaotic mess of thousands of people that were trying to pass on a single track and I just didn't, like, I thought maybe she had, you know, who, who knows really. So I'm like, I, I lost contact with her. It's going to be so hard to see where she is now because there's so many people, like I can't even find her. Yeah. Um, but then I, I did actually 
end up catching her. And then that way, it was a nice, for a while we ran together and kind of passed people so then we could have two people passing at the same time. Um, and I kind of continued doing that and could hear people right behind me. So I actually thought she was right behind me that whole time and then got onto a little bit more open section where I could turn back and I looked back and I didn't see her. Um, but again, there's so many people that it was, I figured she was kind of right there. So, you, so. when did, was there any point at which you knew you had a little bit of, no, I mean, I, I figured maybe I'd put a minute or something on her then, but I was still, but like, I mean, but like or, um, at Ayaguares, I knew that she didn't come into the aid while I was still there. So I knew I left at least before her there, but I didn't know how much time I had. And it's still like at that section at Ganyuran aid station where we were just talking about with the marathon distance. I mean, there's, there's still 26, <laughs> basically I tell myself it's like a 50 K from there. Yeah. That's still a lot of race left. Um, and so I, you know, there's just so much that can happen. Even leaving Ayaguares, it's about a half marathon distance after that. And it's hot and it's super rocky. You're running through just this like dried out riverbed for a while. Um, and so there's still a lot of time people could make out there. And I know a couple guys in the men's or the, the men in the, the overall race mm -hmm. uh, passed you in that last or maybe yeah. 20K. Like, were you feeling all right? Or was it just like no, they, they were raced like two of them I, were racing? I, had, I actually had a really... Uh, rough patch in yeah. that in the the last the last uh, from Aguares yeah. to the finish was a tough one for but me. Not catastrophic. No, um, I but I think I made some uh, mistakes maybe with fueling and water and the heat and just my night the fact that I was like pushing so hard earlier on. So I hit some low points and um, definitely had to slow down a little bit through there and was a little bit worried. <laughs> But, you know, I, I was able to hang on. So, yeah, a few people passed me. But, again, it's hard. I didn't – actually, at that point, I didn't know that I was in 10th, and I kind of wish oh, that I had I, because that would have maybe given me a little bit of extra Because they weren't very far ahead of you. No, no, no. And I and I noticed one guy uh, – I just kind of stopped on the side of the trail for a second and <laughs> a little bit of dry heaving action. And this guy passed me. I saw that he was in the um, long distance, mm -hmm. too. But at that point, I didn't – he didn't say anything to me, and I didn't know that – he was passing into 10th place. But that would have been really awesome. But yeah. e either way, I'm still really stoked about the day. Yeah, and how did it feel to come across the line first? Uh, <laughs> just incredible. Yeah. Um, I've I've been really working hard for my training and planning and race prep and stuff for this race. Um, and especially after running last year, and we talked about in my first yeah. in my pre-race interview that I, I managed to pull a strong finish, but I actually had a pretty rough day, and I felt like my race yesterday was um, really what I came here for. I was able to, you know, I, I, it wasn't a perfect race, but that's good. That means I have some things to improve on. Um, but I think I had, um, I had like my kind of day out there. You weren't fighting through problems and issues the whole way. No, no. I felt I felt strong and controlled and um, able to really enjoy the course and the competition yeah. and stuff. So. What do you have coming up next? Um. I've got a ski trip next week. That's so awesome. Nice. Um, I'm going to take a little little bit of downtime from running yeah. for a bit. Um, and then um, I'm going to do UTMB later in yeah. the summer. Um, and kind of have to figure out what's happening in between now and then. Yeah. I was hoping to do Ultra Trail Mount Fuji right. at the end of April. Um, but I think travel right now is getting a little crazy. So I'll just have to kind of assess. I think there's a lot of that. I talked to Fuchao and... Might be that, or might 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 be Madeira for her. Yep, yep, yep. So so we'll see what happens. I haven't. I 
people are asking me a little bit about this before this race, and I just like I need to get one race done. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. That race ahead. is done. So yep, yep. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but yep, you also you're also yet. the person kind of person who seems like you could just have a, an adventure. Yeah, um, I am. Yeah, I'm doing. I my plan for this year is to actually make set some time aside for a proper mountaineering season. Yeah. So I'm going to take uh, May and June off of racing. Or that may change, but my plan right now is to take May and June yeah. kind of off of racing, so I can do some some good mountaineering. Anything you got your eyes? Um, I'm climbing Denali with some other girls uh, awesome. in June, and then probably we'll do some fun stuff leading up to that. So cool. Yeah. Do you, I was thinking of this like last evening, do you find your, like see yourself at all as a role model for like, no, but like I was thinking of it. My, I have two young nieces and yeah. like just be someone who's like so strong and, and, oh, and confident like, <laughs> and like in physical strength too. Like it's not yeah. just like, yeah. Eh. Um, I, I mean, I would love, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> awesome. Actually yesterday as I was uh, leaving, leaving the finish area and walking back to the car, there was a, a little Spanish girl who was eight years old, and her dad stopped me and asked if they could take a photo with me. And I was chatting with her a little bit. She was kind of shy, but then really excited. It's like she she likes running, and she's run some races, and she's really excited. So, like, that was just such an awesome experience. And I think, like, um, if, I, if I can help inspire other women to go and do hard things and put themselves yeah. out there, like... I would, that's awesome. Yeah. It doesn't have to be just running. It could be no. skiing and mountaineering. Yep, and, yep. Yeah. Um, I think, like, there's definitely, I mean, in trail running, I think there are definitely some really positive changes with women participation in the sport and women's competition in the sport. And um, I think there are races that are starting to make strides towards making that um I, I guess a, a better experience for women. And so one of the things that this race did, which was awesome, is they let the women start in the front. Yeah. Like they brought all the women to the front of the race. And so I've never seen a, a starting corral empty ahead of me, which is lined with photographers. It was such a cool experience. And I'm like, I, I don't, I didn't even know what that kind of feeling is like. So I think to get that is like, that's pretty cool. So I think, um, changes like that are, are a really good thing, but then also, especially in like mountaineering and outdoor sports in general and, and anything in the mountains, um, there's a long ways to go, I think yeah. for, for, um, and even, but even small things like it might seem like yeah. a token, but like I lining mean, people, women up in front. All, all of those small gestures make a big difference, and I think um, I think there are a lot of women who want to be doing that sort of thing, whether it's going on a backpacking trip or going and climbing some mountain or um, taking a step forward and being a little more competitive at a race or something. And I think a lot of times they just need someone else to like grab their hand and pull them up into it. Um, and so I hope to I. I'm hoping to do that with some friends. Um, I have a few plans to do that and stuff this summer, but I think it doesn't, I mean, anyone can do it. So especially if people, um, I don't know, I have friends that are interested in this kind of thing, like bring, invite them along. Um, so it's like on a personal friends. basis. Yeah. It's not just. Yeah. Groups of friends. And um, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I see uh, guys out mountaineering and I can almost guarantee they have a wife or a girlfriend or a friend or someone at home who would like to do it, but maybe isn't quite ready for that intense of a, of a trip. Um, and I would love to see more of those people getting invited along to facilitating and exactly. bridging that gap. Yep. It's yep. not just women leading women. Us guys can do it yes, too. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Nice. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's a, a good takeaway, Caitlin. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Congratulations. <laughs>
we finished up our interview and then we were chatting and uh, I mentioned that we, I talked to my sister and whatnot about after the race that it's great to have role models like you in the sport. Um, people of, of different strengths, literally and figuratively. Um, and that I got a picture of you coming into Tejeda, coming downstairs and you're, you're just strong, like physically. Like, what is it like being a strong woman in, in this sport? Um, yeah, I mean, thank you. Thank you for saying that. And I, I definitely think that um, women have lots of different body types, and that's natural, and it's really awesome, and it should be celebrated more. And I think especially in running, I mean, there's been a lot of – I mean, this is something that people have been talking about we were talking about this, like there have been role models of strong women, especially in ultra running, kind of over the last decade and, and mm -hmm. longer. But um, there's definitely been kind of a resurgence of people talking about female athletes um, and struggles that especially female athletes go through. And I think it's really important that um, there's starting to be a more open dialogue about this. And I, um, you know, I, I know even for myself, like I, I do... I still like, especially now, like after some big race like this, like I, you know, I, I love my body. I really respect what my body can do. I know it's strong and I know it can get through some really hard stuff. Um, but I do still think like it's important for people to know, like even, even me, like, especially when I was starting running before I really had that confidence and like what I look like, I don't, I don't look like a lot of other um, fast runners. And um, especially since I didn't grow up as, as a runner, I never did college I didn't run in high school. I didn't run in college. Um, and so sometimes standing on the starting line and looking over and just seeing what other body types were there, um, it was, that, that's something that I definitely kind of had to intake and, and process for myself. And it's taken a while to get to the point now where I feel like I'm, you know, really feel like, you know, I respect my body for what it can do, not necessarily what it looks like. Um, and I think everyone has their own personal relationship with with that dialogue amongst themselves but I do think it's really awesome that people are starting to talk about that a little bit more and, and respect that so in those and when you were getting into the sport and stepping up to the starting line was it confidence or was it that you just didn't feel like you belonged there no it, it definitely was more along the lines that I I wasn't sure I felt I belonged because it didn't feel like I looked the same way um and I mean, I, I think I've been fortunate that I've, I've generally had, never really had a, a serious struggle with, with um, um, eating or nutrition or, or even like body image stuff. Mm -hmm. But I, I do think like it's still so easy to draw comparisons, especially with social media and especially when um, you're photographed next to people and everyone looks different and like mm -hmm. that's that's awesome and that's good and cool um but i it's just so easy to draw a comparison that is a very superficial based on how someone looks and how you look to someone and of course like we all always see what we want to see or see what um society pressures us to see um so it's really easy to see your flaws and i think like you know just learning to find a way to, to respect what your body can do for you um, is, is really important, but it's really hard. So initially, you know, in those, those first years you're coming to run, how did you move past that? Because I could have turned you away completely. You were saying yeah. earlier how you were drawing people in. How did you get past that step? Um, that's a really good question. I don't, I, um, I don't know. I mean, I think like 
finding ways to focus on the positives and again thinking about like what your body can do for you and like recognizing like wow I just went on a really hard 10 mile run it does not matter what it looked like like I've like my body just did that and I think like that's something that hopefully everyone can find a way to relate to and, and, and just celebrate like the strengths of, of things whether it's running or like being on a beach I mean we're in a beautiful island with people in swimsuits everywhere and I, I was saying to you too about this like I was just in Costa Rica um and like the girls I'm with are awesome so like I, I like don't want to like it's not critical of no, that it's no, not no. critical at all but like the first day we got there we're on the beach like everyone wants to go to the beach everyone puts their swimsuits on and like I actually even now like had to do like a, like swallow take a deep swallow for a little bit like okay no like I am living because they've got perfect beach bodies and like but okay but I'll say perfect in quotations because we're that's what we're talking about here that that's like you know just realizing like look I'm strong I'm an athlete I've got an athlete body and I'm happy with that and like I'm gonna just embrace that for what it is but it I think like that's definitely something that like you know e even when you when you learn to love and respect and trust your body I think it's still something that you have to kind of at least for me like I find I still have to remind myself that like this is like I it, it's it doesn't come easy and I think especially like you said with, with social media and, and photos and stuff of, of things it's really easy to draw comparisons so and how, then, how yeah. do we you know it's, we can't it's going to be very hard we can't really eliminate that part of mm -hmm. life right now so how do we how does a female runner or a runner because yeah. we guys think about like oh yeah no it's like, not, it's not just females and it's not about eating disorders necessarily mm -hmm. or body issues but you can kind of feel like an imposter or like yep, yep. i don't have the right body type i should go do another sport yep. so how do we where do we draw those positives? Is it yeah. finding that 10 mile run and feeling strong or what? I mean, I think there's a lot of little things that can be done that will just help. And I think opening the dialogue is a really good step towards that. Um, whether that's, you know, you and I talking about this right now and me admitting that like, yes, I, I have compared myself to other people and that's hard. Um, or talking about it with your friends and, and um, you know, really encouraging people about their their strengths and and what things that they can accomplish whether it's you know running or work career families balancing stuff right there's so many different amazing things that we find ourselves able to do when when put in that position i think those kinds of things should be celebrated more and i also think like it'd be great to start hearing more stories from women who aren't necessarily at the front of the pack, but who are balancing their work with raising three kids at home and still getting out training. And maybe they're not at, at, on the podium spot, but they had a really strong finish at a race. Um, I think it'd be awesome to hear more stories about people like that, because I know there's a lot of women who are who are in that position. And the same, same with different body types too. I think the more we can start to showcase and celebrate strong women, then I think that's that's an awesome way to start setting setting um, example for people. Thank you, Caitlin. I really Thanks. appreciate you sharing that. Thank you. Yeah.